Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Nasser Barji. Dr. Barji is head of the Division of Aesthetic Dentistry at the University of Texas Dental School at San Antonio. He has authored and co-authored over 180 articles and abstracts in scientific journals. Dr. Barji has completed a great amount of research on bonding and etched porcelain bonded restorations and has lectured extensively in the United States and abroad on the topic of aesthetic dentistry. Dr. Barji is also a practicing prosthodontist. Thanks for joining us again, Dr. Barji. Thank you. Uh, We would like to have some tips from you today on the best way to bond to fractured porcelain intraorally. Can you help us out with that? Well, I'd be glad to. First of all, we have to make a decision the the nature of the fracture and the zone of the fracture. Assuming the fracture happened cohesively within the porcelain, that means no exposed metal or no exposed tooth. That's we got to look at it. And again, I would like to discuss that one, say that we have two categories. One is a cohesive fracture porcelain. One is an adhesive, cohesive fracture of a ceramic veneer. If the case involves repairing a cohesive fracture porcelain, just porcelain that is very simple, the tooth is isolated, we use 9.5% porcelain etching, ultra-etch. We etch for two minutes, rinse good. We see some residue salt, white, that must be removed. The best way to remove that one, use some phosphoric gel and a brush, rub it and rinse it, make sure there is no residue left or no trace. We take, we silent that porcelain and put some bonding agent and bond. That is very simple. The big question is when we have a ceramic veneer fracturing. So we have exposed tooth and fractured porcelain. Mm -hmm. That means we have to etch porcelain with hydrofluoric. Then we have to etch the tooth with phosphoric. Mm -hmm. It sounds easy, but it's not really easy. If it is because the line is too narrow, it is hard to etch one of them without etching the other one. If hydrofluoric touches the tooth, the enamel, we get formation of calcium fluoride, and the bond drops significantly. We have published that paper. So by all means, hydrofluoric acid should not touch the tooth. So the idea is fractured porcelain is to bevel the porcelain and isolate the enamel with, say, liquid rubber dam. Liquid rubber dam on enamel and cure. Etch porcelain with hydrofluoric for two minutes, rinse, clean, silane, then remove the opal dam and etch with phosphoric. Phosphoric will not affect porcelain. Phosphoric will not affect the silane. So the sequence go like this. Isolate the enamel, etch the porcelain, silane the porcelain, remove opal dam, apply phosphoric all over, Mm -hmm. 
put bonding agent, resorbent composite resin. And have you used before um, one of these sodium bicarbonate gels for isolating or only opal dam? I prefer, I think I have more control on opal dam. I really have much more control on opal dam. Opal dam, if you use a, a small needle, it really can, we can get to the point and cure it and have more control on it. Okay. Now, just to reiterate, if the hydrofluoric acid gets on the tooth structure, it hypercalcifies, right? Does not. We have a formation of calcium fluoride. Calcium fluoride. And calcium okay. fluoride is a precipitant. And a bond dropped from, say, 20 to less than 5. Wow. I mean, we'll be, it depends how much, how much contact time. But by all means, hydrofluoric should not touch the tooth. Okay. What happens if it does? That's the question. So that's what happens? That's a question. That's a good question. Is what happens? It does. The best thing to do is if that happens, take a burr and just roughen that enamel and do the procedure again, or just make sure remove the calcium fluoride from from enamel or from tooth structure. Great. Any other tips you can share for repairing porcelain? In repairing porcelain is if a dentist has good saline really good silent and we strongly suggest using a two-part silent we have published number of paper on the two-part silent if porcelain is roughened and silenated a good silent will give a good bond so sometimes dentists can even bypass etching of porcelain and just rely on wow. silane. a good silent give a bond in excess of cohesive strengths of porcelain so uh, we should keep that in mind, that in porcelain repair, the two components, etching and silenization, I personally uh, have more faith on silane than etching of porcelain. Although etching porcelain is very good, but silane does a great job. And if an office is researching which silane to use, what are the most important qualities of a silane that they need to find? I, there are a couple of things. Is uh, Definitely I suggest a two-part silane, ethanol-based or acetone-based, both, both of them are good. I will not use one-part silane. That is number one. Silane should be applied very thin. That is important. Some silane, ethanol-based silane, benefit from little heat treatment by the hair dryer or something. That will help a lot. Oh. Excess silane should be removed. Again, that's important. But because excess silane, it can form a non-reactive surface can be counterproductive. Okay. Again, we have published a number of papers on that issue that I suggest uh, your participant you know, refer to this paper. And we'll put links to those papers in our show notes. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time, Dr. My Bargy. pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For a full archive of our podcast, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for an upcoming podcast, please call us at 800-268-9010.